This is Ham College, Episode 97, for February 3rd, 2023. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Whether out in the field or inside your ham shack, ICOM has what you're looking for with one of their base stations, mobiles, or handhelds. Spring into the new year with ICOM. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And we have, well, class for you tonight. Not, not like that. Yeah, I was trying to think like where to go. study thing, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think they know we don't have class. We got, we got some class. Yeah. What did we talk about last time? Last time? Power supplies and voltage regulators, solar array charge controllers, off the top of my head. Yeah. How's that? that that's good. Uh, this month we're going to talk about modulation, demodulation, reactants, phase and balance modulators, detectors, and mixer Ooh, stages. Well, you look at that. I've got the wrong. Yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of things to cover, and only I think we got 11... Eleven questions tonight. Yeah, yes. seem like some pretty heavy duty topics They're too. Going to jump around pretty good. We had a ham fest last weekend here. We did first one I've been to here since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I, I had my own mini pandemic last year. I made a purchase. I I purchased another year of ARRL membership. What'd you get? I, I I upped you on that. I purchased two years. Two years. And two connectors. I got two uh, two little adapters for a little piece of gear I got that I'm going to be doing some segments on. I needed a couple antenna adapters for it. Okay. Cool. Well, I didn't buy anything. I, I looked around. I don't know. I just didn't really... I didn't need anything. I didn't see anything that... Uh, I wanted that bad. Let me tell you, though, I did make this observation. The recession has hit the ham fest. Seemed to me like everything, I'm talking about old gear now on the tables. Yeah, everything inflation was, hit it. was higher. Yeah. yeah, it did. I noticed that, too. People were wanting some pretty premium prices. That's a tongue twister there. Yeah. Some pretty premium prices for a lot of that gear. Which tells you two things. Either they think it's worth it or they really don't want to sell it yeah it yeah. Could, yeah could be some of both i guess i guess so well you want to jump right on in here and i think let's go for it last time i think i answered the first one okay so which of the following can be used to generate fm phone emissions a 
A balance modulator on the audio amplifier. B, a reactance modulator on the oscillator. C, a reactance modulator on the final amplifier. Or a or D, a balance modulator on the oscillator. Hmm. Which can be used to generate an FM phone emission. Balance modulator on the audio amplifier. I think that would probably be AM. Reactance modulator on the oscillator. I think that's probably it. C, a reactance modulator on the final amplifier. Or, no, B or D, balance modulator on the oscillator. I think it's going to be B, a reactance modulator on the oscillator. Okay. Chat room? I think it's going to be B or D, but I think it's probably more B. It's not B and D. It's B and a half. Yeah. <laughs> B. Okay. Uh, so the ones that voted in there said B yep. too. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with y'all. It is B, I believe. Let's find out. It is. Maybe we should look at a picture here. Pictures are good. Okay. I just happen to have one here. That's convenient. A simplified FM transmitter. You got the audio comes in, an audio amplifier, a reactance modulator. That drives the oscillator, which goes to the multiplier, the RF amplifier, and finally on to the antenna. So essentially what's going on there is the audio through the reactance modulator is varying the phase or frequency of the oscillator there to make frequency modulation. So next question. The question is, what is the function of a reactance modulator? A, to produce PM signals by using an electrically variable resistance. B, to produce AM signals by using an electrically variable inductor or capacitor. Or C, to produce AM signals by using an electrically variable resistance. Or D, to produce PM or FM signals by using an electrically variable inductance or capacitance. Okay. Well... We know a reactance modulation is varying the frequency, which would be FM. So first thing I see there is it's got to be D because to produce PM or FM signals and then the other part of it by using an electrically variable inductance or capacitance which you you could have got tripped up on, on answer B there because, you know, it's a variable inductance and capacitance, and that's what reactance is, you know. Mm-hmm. And inductance is positive reactance, capacitance negative, but that's not used for AM signals. 
So, yeah, it's D. Let me just look at the chat room. Everybody knew it was D. The ones that answered. Not a lot of people are answering tonight. No. Yeah, you know, they hold off sometimes. So let's see. You nailed it. Here. All right. Here, have have one for yourself. Thank you. What is a frequency discriminator stage in a FM receiver? A, an FM generator circuit. B, a circuit for filtering two closely adjacent signals. C, an automatic band switching circuit. Or D, a circuit for detecting FM signals. What is a frequency discriminator? What is a frequency discriminator stage in an FM receiver? Generator circuit. Circuit for filtering automatic band switching. I think it's going to be D, circuit for detecting FM signals. I think that's the detector pretty much. You said D? D. Okay. Chat room is saying D. Only two of them said D, so they must not be sure. I'm going to say it's D. That That's what I think it is. So Okay. And we're all right. We are all right. That's that's <laughs> almost as good as good. You know? so. We're going to talk about an FM receiver now, and this is a simplified version of an FM receiver. The antenna is here, goes into an RF amplifier. That goes to a mixer. That goes to the IF amplifier. The FM demodulator, an audio amplifier, and then to the speaker. The demodulator can be called also a discriminator or a detector. And you see there's a loop right here. Yeah. Coming out of the demodulator, we have got AFC on there, automatic frequency control of the oscillator. So... It can change the frequency of the receiver there a little bit if it needs to. Essentially, the way that it works is the RF signal coming in is being mixed with the oscillator. Then it goes through an IF amplifier, and then it's demodulated. What is one way a single sideband phone signal can be generated? A, by using a balanced modulator followed by a filter. B, by using a reactance modulator, followed by a mixer. C, by using a loop modulator, followed by a mixer. Or D, by driving a product detector with a DSB signal. Hmm. Hmm. Glad this one fell on you. Yeah, I'm going to have to read this. This might have been my first buzzer here. I don't know. What is one way a single sideband phone signal can be generated? A, by using a balanced modulator followed by a filter. Possibly. B, by using a reactance modulator followed by a mixer. No, a reactance modulator... 
that's used to vary the frequency. We don't vary the frequency on a single sideband signal. So it's not B. C, by using a loop modulator followed by a mixer. Now, um, you'd have a mixer and a receiver, but not in a transmitter. And if we're generating a signal, we're dealing with a transmitter. And I'm not exactly sure what a loop modulator is anyway. RD, by driving a product detector with a double sideband signal. Well, we're not detecting the signal. We're generating a signal. We're not a receiver. Pretty much rules that one out there. Yep. So I'm going to say it is A, by using a balance modulator followed by a filter. Chat room? They're all saying A, so that's what it is. So here's a simplified single sideband transmitter using the sideband filter method. We've got the audio comes in, microphone or whatever, audio amplifier, a balanced modulator that's also being fed by an oscillator, sideband filter, linear RF amplifier, and then the antenna. A balanced modulator is a type of mixer with output products that are the sum and difference of the audio and carrier frequency. We got audio coming in here. We got carrier coming in here from the oscillator. And the balanced modulator is going to produce the sum and difference frequencies of those two. But it's going to produce a double sideband signal. It's suppressing the carrier. Mm. But it's coming out of the balanced modulator double sideband. That's mm. why you've oh, got the sideband filter. It out. Yep. You can filter out either the lower or upper sideband, the one you don't want, and then you only pass in the, the single sideband. And you need a linear RF amplifier. It's got to be linear because you don't want any distortion in that signal at that point. You've got to preserve it and send it on through exactly like it is. It's essentially an AM signal, but the carrier has been suppressed and one of the sidebands stripped off. Hmm. And it's low level where that is done. So it's not like high-level AM modulation. The the amplifier's got to be linear. And it's not like an FM. We're not changing the frequency so we can get away with a dirtier amplifier. And then on out to the antenna. So that's my explanation of a single sideband transmitter. That's interesting. I guess uh, I didn't realize or didn't remember that, that it's half of it's filtered off after the fact. I got another one for you. All right. What circuit is added to an FM transmitter to boost the higher audio frequencies? Is it A, a de-emphasis network? B, a heterodyne suppressor? C, a heterodyne enhancer? Or D, a pre-emphasis network? What circuit is added to an FM transmitter to boost the higher audio frequencies. It's not a de-emphasis network. 
Not going to be a heterodyne suppressor. It's got to be D. Pre-emphasis network. At least I think it's D. Transmitter to boost the higher audio frequencies. I like a pre-amplifier. I think it's going to be D, a pre-emphasis network. Okay. That's what everybody's saying over there, too. Look. I'm going to agree with you. It's a D and yeah. I thought these were going to be, of course, I hadn't seen the answer yet for sure, but I thought these were going to be a little bit more difficult when I read the topic or saw the topics of them tonight. Well, we're only about halfway through, so. <laughs> Keep my mouth shut then. I'm going to agree it's D. Everybody in the chat room who answered said it's D. So pre-emphasis network. What is pre-emphasis? I guess kind of uh, basically boosting the signal before it goes through the rest of the stages. That would be an amplifier. Then what's a pre-emphasis then? Pre-emphasis? It pre-emphasizes the signal. There's one <laughs> in every crowd. <laughs> No, it's, um, let me make sure the next question's not going to be that. It's not. It's basically uh, Dolby noise reduction, sort of use pre-emphasis too. You boost. Yeah, I want to make sure. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm not about to give away a bunch of other questions here. But, yeah, it's uh, it's like a slope. You start out with the low frequency, and as you and you're at a certain level, as you increase in frequency, you turn up the level so that the higher frequencies are boosted higher than than say uh, you know a mid range frequency or the lower frequencies. And there's a reason that you do that. I'm not going to say what it is, but that's what pre-emphasis is, is it puts a curve on the signal so the equalization is not flat. It's it's boosted on the top end as it goes up. Okay. All right. And let's see. You answered this one, so the next one is um, is mine. Oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad, too. Why... Is de-emphasis commonly used in FM communications receivers? A, for compatibility with transmitters using phase modulation. B, to reduce impulse noise reception. C, for higher efficiency. D, to remove third-order distortion products. I really have no idea on this one. Well, let me say uh, I concur uh, because you know, a couple you of weeks ago, man, you got to know. Yeah, but it was two, or three weeks ago. I didn't. Uh, I got this one wrong when I was, you know, putting all this together. Let's see. Well, yeah, we got a couple answers in there, and we got a question mark in the chat room there. Mm, yeah, there's a, there's one more answer. This is, 
one that I was totally wrong on, and I didn't realize that, well, there's more than one reason to use de-emphasis, and this, this is, the answer to this one is just one of those reasons. It's not the reason I was thinking of. Okay, we're getting more answers now. I don't want to rush and, you know, A's throw and everybody off. Yeah. So. Some of, them, some of them voted B three times. Yep. Okay. I'll start at the bottom. D, to remove third order distortion products. Now, the emphasis... Um, it wouldn't do that. We're we're more or less talking about the audio frequencies or the frequencies of the uh, modulating signal here, not something that's... Kind of flatten out the audio a yeah. little bit? Uh, that's not one of your answers. No, it's not. Um, so... Third order distortion products, that means three times the carrier frequency. Well, that's that's not what it's doing. Save for higher efficiency. If you de-emphasize what's coming in the receiver, you don't increase any efficiency. B, to reduce impulse noise reception. Well, if you de-emphasize the signal, it actually would reduce some noise. But not impulse noise. Impulse noise is like the clicking sound you got from a spark plug or, mm -hmm. you know, or AC frying, and it's really not going to help with that. So the answer is A, for compatibility with transmitters using phase modulation. I would, I would not have guessed that. Well, I didn't. So you're in good company. Or you're in company. I'll just put it that way. I'm surprised huh. that uh, we did have, well. A few of them got it right. Yeah, a few of them got it right. And I got it wrong because I grew up studying broadcasting and FM broadcasting. And pre-emphasis and de-emphasis. We use those so that you boost the heck out of the top end of an FM signal. Because if you just turn on an FM receiver, what do you hear with with no signal? Silence? No. Do you, if you turn the squelch down on your two-meter rig, what do you hear? Oh, oh, noise. Noise. All right. And a lot of high-frequency noise will be in there with the mm -hmm. signal gets weaker. So... If you increase, say, the top end of the, the modulating signal, the audio, and it's going to be too loud. In other words, if you just receive that flat without changing anything, it's going to sound way too bright you know, or, or too trebly. So you cut down that signal by the same amount that you pre-emphasized it. You de-emphasize that. In other words... Take a graphic equalizer. When you transmit, turn all the um, the high frequencies up. Mm -hmm. 
leave the, the low frequencies low. All right. When in the receiver, you de-emphasize it by however much you boosted those high frequencies, you cut them in the receiver and you end up flat. In other words, this the equalization is the same across um, your modulating signal. But when you do that, you're turning down the high frequencies. You're also turning down the hiss that would be in there. Oh, I see. So pre-emphasis and de-emphasis, that's, that's what I learned about it. Um, so it never occurred to me that uh, hmm. that it would be a thing with phase modulation. You didn't mess around. You could accidentally learn something around here. Well, you could. Be not careful. If you got this book... Learn a lot. You could learn a lot. Now, let me just say, this is the ARRL's Amateur Extra Class License Manual. This is not just question and answers. This is text and a lot of explanations and uh, theory mm -hmm. and such. It's, it's very good. I mean, if you just want to learn the question and the answer, go with Gordo's book. Or, you know, the... Now, there's the, some explanations in there. It's a, Gordon's book's good, but they that's are. a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot bigger. Yeah. So, obviously, there's, there's a lot more room for more information in there. But some people don't... You know, information can be a dangerous thing. <laughs> but, essentially, let me see, uh, phase modulation is just the nature... A phase modulation itself. When you phase modulate a transmitter, it automatically pre-emphasizes the signal. It, in other words, the higher the modulating frequency, the the higher the signal will be. Is is just a um, I don't know if you call it a side effect or not, but it's just a product of doing phase modulation. So you've got to turn that back down if you want to, you know, hear it flat without the um, the higher frequencies being boosted. So that's how they came up with that answer there for compatibility with transmitters using phase modulation. Uh, Tom WA2IVD uh, said, and this is true, vinyl records work the same way. The amplifier has a curve that was the inverse used when it's recorded to make it sound right. They boosted some high frequencies to cover the needle scratches. Huh. Uh, yeah, there's a thing called the RIAA curve. And if you bought a phono preamp at Radio Shack years ago, or if you've got a, a stereo receiver that has a phono preamp, it's going to have the RIAA equalization curve built in, which is, um, you know, the emphasis and a Dolby noise reduction. You know, hmm. uh, used that. That was one of its tricks as well. Take the hiss out of tape. Interesting. Yep. So that's that's cool stuff. It is. It is. It's, you know, in the digital world, we don't have to do some of those tricks, but in the analog world, uh -huh. you know, and, and it sounded good. Yeah. 
That's a pretty creative solution. It is. Yep. There's a... Um, as long as everybody's on board with the same solution. Which they there, were. there is another type of thing that is similar. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Okay. It's, it's uh, something that you really wouldn't normally know about that I learned about when I was working in television. So, first, let's just take a quick break, get a message from ICOM, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Got cabin fever? Look no further and spring into the new year with ICOM. Whether out in the field or inside your ham shack, we have what you're looking for. One of our base stations, mobiles, or handhelds for the love of ham radio. ICOM's newest FM transceiver is the ICV3500. And it's ready to hit the road whenever you are. With a compact body and simple interface, this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. Go further with 65 watts output and get louder with 4.5 watts of audio with the ICV3500. The rugged ICOM ICT10 portable meets or exceeds standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT-10 can withstand any field activities ahead, hear any transmission, and listen to FM broadcast with a loud 1500 milliwatt speaker. The ICT-10 is an excellent choice for any bug out bag. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. With RF direct sampling, the IC7300 changes the way entry-level HF is designed. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs just under 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack LC192 with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories. The ID52A is a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions and is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex, repeater, regional, and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. Send photos over D-Star with a connected Android device. The ID52A is a perfect companion to the IC705. Both use compatible batteries and headsets, and you can also use the same Android app for D-Star operation. Learn more about these and all the great ICOM radios at icomamerica.com slash amateur. What do you say we give away something? Well, while while the uh, we were on break, I found this shirt. How about if we give away one like this? Nice uh, ham crew t-shirt. Same on the front, same on the back. These are good heavy shirts too, man. I they like are. mine. I've got several yeah. of these kind of like this. But uh, you look just as good when you leave the ham fest as you did when you got there. Yep. Yeah. 
And if you'd like to win that along with whatever else Jesse can stuff in the box, then there's just one simple thing you need to do, and that is send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. And you got to have a name. And an email. And an email. And we do a random drawing right before every show. Pick out a winner. And this month, the lucky number happened to come up and fall on this guy. Bruce, N7XGR. Oh, congrats, Bruce. Yeah, congrats, Bruce. And, oh, I don't have Bruce's email in front of me now. I thought I'd had it here on the screen. But, uh, Bruce basically said hi, and that was about it. It's a man of few words, but that's really all you need. Well, there was a proverb in there, oh, yeah. an Irish proverb, and I think it was, I, I probably don't have it exactly right. But the Irish proverb was, do not play leapfrog with a unicorn. Wise, wise words. Uh, yeah, very wise words. Well, so we could, the, the queue's all cleared out and that people could start sending in emails for next month's mm-hmm. giveaway, right? Yep, because we don't, we don't say them, we don't harvest them or anything, we we just uh, pick a winner and, you know, purge the mailbox and start over. That's how we roll. Yep. Anyway, congrats, Bruce. Yeah. I'll set this over here out of the way for the moment. And when we were last here, I was about to mention something that was sort of akin to uh, pre-emphasis and de-emphasis. Mm-hmm. There was something that, that is used. Um, it's used in, well, some old uh, high-level modulated AM transmitters and in analog television transmitters. It's called pre-correction. In other mm-hmm. words, they know at the output of that transmitter there's going to be certain distortions and anomalies that are in it, just as, you know, byproducts of making the signal and amplifying it. So what they'll do is way up in the a lower stage of the transmitter, they will actually distort or, is that the right word? They will throw it off the signal. They'll purposely counter distort it. Counter distort it. Yes, pre-correction. So they they put a correction in for that. So by the time it comes out the output, it's it hmm. comes out correct. Are you talking about visual visual distortions? Um. Yeah, I mean it, it would do things like um you know be fuzzing a picture or. Uh, you know, maybe shift the color, or or something of that nature. Cool. But uh, th- it was built into the transmitter, um, so that's all I can say about that. Well, 
That's interesting, little tidbit. Uh, is that the same as gamma correction? That's a good question. It, um, yeah, possibly so. What is okay. meant by the term baseband in radio communications? Is it A, the lowest frequency band that the transmitter or receiver covers? B, the frequency range occupied by a message signal prior to modulation? C, the unmodulated bandwidth of the transmitted signal? Or D, the basic oscillator frequency in an FM transmitter that is multiplied to increase the deviation in carrier frequency? Ooh. I think it's, I think it's B. The frequency range occupied by message signal prior to modulation. Okay. I think I, I really don't know. It's either C or D, but I think it's I mean B or D, but I think it's B. I'd say it's B too. And everybody in the chat room saying B. And it is. And I've got just a brief explanation here. Okay. Modulation is a process of adding information to an unwanted radio frequency signal. Unwanted. Yeah, I'm not sure why I wrote that. Anyway, the modulating audio is called the baseband signal. Baseband is a term for the frequency range occupied by the message signal. The baseband signal can be audio for voice or it can be data signals for digital modes. So, yeah, you you were right on with the answer on that one. Baseband. That was a guess. There was only one that seemed to make the most sense to me. What are the principal frequencies that appear at the output of a mixer circuit? A, two and four times the original frequency. B, the square root of the product of input frequencies. C, the two input frequencies along with their sum and difference frequencies. Or D, 1.414 and 0.707 times the input frequency. Those numbers sound familiar. The 1.414 and the 0.707. But it's a trick answer. That's that's not what it is. Let's see. A two and four times the original frequencies. No. B. The square root of the product of input frequencies. No, not square root. C, the two input frequencies along with their sum and difference frequencies. You know, we talked about a mixer circuit earlier. Uh-huh. And, you know, we said we, we had the sum and differences coming out of it. Yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's it's C, chat room. Yeah, they're all saying it's C. And it is. What is 1.414 and 0.707? Those are familiar. I can't remember. Yeah, those are used in a lot of electronic formulas, like um, 
right off the bat. Mm. You're going to type it in and see what comes up? No, I was just keeping oh, my computer gonna... from going to sleep. Okay. <laughs> if I don't move the mouse every once in a while, I'll go to sleep. Yeah, I don't remember. I'll look it up later. Yeah, it's it'll you'll go, you know, like that when you do. Uh, uh-huh. so will you? Because you don't remember yeah. either. Yep. I, I want to say it's uh, converting between peak and RMS, but no, I don't think that's right. What occurs when an excessive amount of signal energy reaches a mixer circuit? A. Spurious mixer products are generated. B. Mixer blanking occurs. C. Automatic limiting occurs. Or D. A beat frequency is generated. What occurs when an excessive amount, excessive amount of signal energy reaches a mixer circuit? A spurious mixer products are generated. Mixer blinking, automatic limiting. I don't think it's any of those last three. It's got. I think it's A. It's got to be A. Spurious mixer products are generated. I say that as well, and everybody in the chat room mm-hmm. saying A. And it is. Here, how about this one for you? It's a good one here. How does a diode envelope detector function? But you were wondering about that too, weren't you? It's been on my mind. A, by rectification and filtering of RF signals. B, by breakdown of the Zener voltage. C, by mixing signals with noise in the transition region of the diode. Or D, by sensing the change of reactance in the diode with respect to frequency. How does a diode envelope detector function? Well, I'll start at the bottom there. D, by sensing the change of reactance in the diode with respect to frequency. Now, there is a diode that will change values with frequency, but it's not used for a diode envelope detector. C, by mixing signals with noise in the transition region of the diode. I mean, how does, how's that going to detect the signal or extract the signal from the, uh, from the carrier? B, by breakdown of the Zener voltage. What if it's not a Zener diode? A, by rectification and filtering of RF signals. And I'm going to say that's it. How does a diode envelope detector function? A, by rectification and filtering of RF signals. That's what the chat room is saying. And it is. Which type of detector circuit is used for demodulating single sideband signals. A, discriminator. B, phase detector. C, product detector. Or D, phase comparator. B, phase detector or product detector. I think it's C, product detector. Because I don't think it's the other three. 
It's a good, good logical assumption then, if you know it's not the other three. That's chatting. I think A, what are they saying? They're saying C, product detector. I agree with you. That's what you would use. Because I I wasn't sure, but I didn't think it was the other three. Yeah. And you're correct. It's not the other three. That was my answer. Yeah. Not A, B, or D. Okay. All right. And guess what? That's the end? That's the end. So no way. No buzzer no tonight. No buzzer tonight. Mm. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I don't think we've had a show that we hadn't had a buzzer on in quite some time. At least one. Yeah. They we've, have been more frequent lately. We've had some tough topics. Yeah. These these are uh, tough topics, too, but the multiple-choice answers made it a little bit easier to rule out the incorrect ones. Yeah. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's always a good tip to, for passing. If you don't know what it is, rule out what it's not, if you can. Yeah, that works. That's what worked here. Yeah. And that's that's quite often what I'll do. So, with that, next month, we're going to talk about DSP filtering and other operations, software-defined radio fundamentals, DSP modulation and demodulation. So if you would like to see a couple of guys really scramble and try to come up with the answers. Again. Again. It sounds like next episode will be a good one for you. Dean, anything you want to relate to the class before we uh, get out of here this month? Uh, not too much allowed. It's an interesting show. Like I said uh, earlier, if you're not careful, you might mess around and learn something on here. So You could. Almost every one of these shows, even though I've had my extra for years, I still learn a little bit of something every time. I do, because, because I do. <laughs> Two, it's kind of hard to argue with logic yeah. like that I just don't remember some of these questions when I took it but then again there's a lot of stuff I don't remember from back then yeah it's not like it's stuff you use often either no. so but it's it's good stuff to know yeah but, uh, they're, it's a lot of fun it is and you can kind of test your knowledge see or lack of or lack of either way they go hand in hand yeah but other than that, it's been a, it was a fun show. Yeah. So we'll be back here near the end of the month. It may actually be um, may actually be March the third. Okay. Because I'm looking at the calendar here, and it looks like the next Amateur Logic, uh, February seventeenth. Yeah, I think so. I think I got a. We might have to talk about that one. I may have to be gone that day. I'm going to look at my calendar before I leave here. We can talk about that. Okay. Thanks for being here with us tonight, everyone. Do some studying. Take your extra class exam. By the way, uh, I want to say congrats to a friend of ours, K9JNT. Stan Carter upgraded to extra this past weekend. Oh, did he? At oh, the congrats, Stan. Yep. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, congrats, Dan. You'll uh, you'll enjoy the extra privileges. I saw him at the Ham Fest. And, yes, you know, I saw him. 
We caught up for a while. That's, that's all right. Yeah. I talked just for a few minutes, but yeah, he's been on the show before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 7 3, everybody. Seven, yeah, 7 3. We'll see you on uh, Amateur Logic. Next month, we're going to talk about, uh, gee, I don't know. You want to know? Yeah. Why did everything go black all of a sudden?